Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody. Did you know that the very first chiropractor said he got his inspiration from a literal ghost? Here's a quote from the founder of chiropractic. And yes, that's what you call a chiropractitioner thing, science, pseudoscience, whatever. Daniel David Palmer, who says the knowledge and philosophy given to me by Dr. Jim Atkinson, an intelligent spiritual being, together with explanations of phenomena, principles resolved from causes, effects, powers, laws and utility, appealed to my reason, the method by which I obtained an explanation of certain physical phenomena from an intelligence in the spiritual world is known in biblical language as inspiration. Now, personally, I like to take my medicine from people who don't talk to ghosts, but that's just me. If you do like to talk to ghosts for your medical inspirations, then hey, come call into the show because the show is starting right now. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Truth Wanted. I am your host, Objectively Dan, and this is the live call-in show that happens every single week, Fridays at 7 p.m. Central Time, where we talk to people about what they believe and why. And if you'd like to call us, you can do that at 512-991-9242, or you can call through your computer at tiny.cc slash call TW. As always, Truth Wanted is a product of the Atheist Community of Austin, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the promotion of atheism, critical thinking, secular humanism, and the separation of religion and government. We also want to welcome our new viewers watching on Twitter and Twitch, as well as give love to all the folks watching on YouTube. And every single week, folks, we always have a special guest. This week is no different. It's Scott Dickey coming back on the show. Scott Dickey, how are you doing? Hey, Dan, I'm doing great. I'm uh, anxious to be back. Sorry, I, I brought the technical difficulties with me last time I was here. So hopefully that yes. was all. We got that glitch out of the way and now we're ready to to dive in and deal with some callers today. I'm looking forward to it. I hope so, Scott. So those of you who aren't aware, a few weeks back, Scott was on, but our call-in studio was down. <laughs> so we gave Scott a mulligan and we want him to come back on the show so we can have the real, the full Truth Wanted experience because I, I think that's Definitely. Definitely. So Scott, welcome back to the program. What has been happening since then, since last time we spoke? Well, you know, just uh, getting ready for the school year coming up. Um, I was I actually I was able to uh, attend the bat cruise a few weeks ago. I, oh, that yeah. was that was I was able to get down to Austin and I met lots of cool people. I was looking forward to meeting some uh, some fellow nonprofits and and uh, it was it was really great experience. All of the people all of the people uh, all of the ACA people that I've met have uh, across the board been uh, you know very positive, very friendly, very uh, very thoughtful and it was just a, a great experience all around. The bats even showed up. That's always good. I mean that that's a yeah. it makes for a successful bat cruise when the when the bats bat decide cruise. to come out. But you know what even if there were uh, even if I had never seen a bat 
while I was there, uh, it still would have been well worth the trip. It was just, Good. it was a lot of fun and, and, um, you know, meeting some cool people and, and meeting some people that I hadn't met before. I got to see the shows, uh, recorded live the next day and just, uh, just an awesome all around experience. Awesome. Awesome. I'm really sad that I didn't get to go. I was in Montreal, Canada, uh, that weekend, last weekend. So that's well, why if you got to miss the bad cruise, then Canada is a good excuse. Canada, I think it's a good excuse. I always said Canada is just a mining company in disguise, uh, <laughs> but it is, in fact, a real place you can visit, especially oh, yeah. in Montreal. Um, so that was that was really cool. The weather was much nicer than it was in Austin that weekend, I'm sure. So, yeah, uh, fun stories about that. And maybe I'll get to some of that today. But, Scott, I want to talk about something else entirely i want to talk about kind of what we talked about in our opening here i want to okay. talk about chiropractic okay that's right. right maybe we got the truth bombs truth bombs coming back <laughs> all okay. right bring it so before we do that though we have to go to our we want the truth segment because every single week we're always asking you folks something we want to know about you and your responses to our prompts that kind of made sense as a sentence don't think about it too hard <laughs> last week we asked you what is something you wish you never learned and here are our favorite answers. A number three comes from The Gaming Atheist. I wish I never learned that most pigs are stunned via gas chambers. It's not worth the delicious bacon. I'll just eat something else. Hail Satan. And that's Satan spelled S-E-I-T-A-N for the delicious uh, meat substitute. So there you go. Yes, that is a fact. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I think it's, I want to say it's more than half. I don't know if it's most, but yeah, definitely a lot of pigs are stunned via gas chambers. That is, that is how pigs are killed. So there you go. A little bit of vegan propaganda in our top mm. three picks. And I didn't even pick this one. So that, there you go. Uh, number two. Uh, coming from Valerie Williams, who says something I wish I never learned that a seagull can swallow a live <laughs> squirrel whole can't unsee Ooh. that TikTok. I have seen that video. Oh. Uh, and I have seen actually the worst I've seen is a pelican swallowing a seagull. Um, and that's why you cannot Ooh. trust birds. Is it's that fine. like a turducken kind of thing? Did the seagull swallow the squirrel and then the pelican I, swallows the seagull? It, and it's probably one of those things. Uh, my only commentary on that is if I were the author of the book of Genesis, I would not have chosen the snake as a representation of the devil. I would have chosen birds because I think birds are low key kind of evil. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just my thing. Uh, don't like birds too much. Although maybe mm. somebody's going to give me a bird one day and I'll change my mind. Number one, though, comes from Nick Knows Nothing, who says, I wish I never learned that some vanilla flavoring and perfume scents come from beaver butts. Ew. Gross. No, no, no. Yeah. I think that's kind of often awesome. We get something positive out of it there. You know, normally that would be an area where you don't expect anything good to come out of it, but we get vanilla flavoring from beaver butts. I, I, I never so. knew that. My butt is not nearly as productive as beaver butt, uh, as I just learned. So yeah, there's there's some three things that most of you probably shouldn't have learned, maybe couldn't have learned until <laughs> you've been on this show now. So too late now. Too late. You learned all three of them now. Too late. Can't, no too late. going back. The prompt for this week, though, is what is your favorite random fact? Uh, so I think this will also be an interesting prompt, kind of in tandem with our previous one. Uh, now, what is your favorite random fact? You know, my favorite random fact, I think, um, I, I I have kind of an ironic sense of humor. So I, I if I had to have a favorite random fact, it would be kind of a, something that maybe goes against the expectations that kind of breaks stereotypes and things like that. For example, mm -hmm. um, most of us probably know that um, 
Uh, Brian May from the Queen. He has a PhD in astrophysics or Dexter Holland from he's the lead singer in uh, the band Offspring. He just got a PhD in microbiology. So I love it when we have these people that we wouldn't expect to be doing this kind of thing. And they they find out, you know, we find out that they have these deep interests. So but out of all of those, my favorite random fact, I think, would have to be uh, star of the silver screen from the 30s and 40s, Hedy Lamarr. Uh, she was actually uh, a self-taught uh, academian, and uh, she uh, has many patents and has, has worked with uh, electrical engineering and radio engineering. She helped design patents for tor- torpedo guidance uh, and for technologies that were eventually used uh, with Wi-Fi and GPS and, and Bluetooth. So I think that uh, would have to be my my favorite random fact. Um, although, I, I, as a runner-up, I'm going to throw in something that I just learned just randomly a couple days ago, and that is uh, in Norway, the Norwegians have a word that means chaotic and uh, kind of a crazy things happening, and that word is Texas. And I looked it up. What, <laughs> they really? Use word, they use the word Texas to describe crazy, chaotic, over-the-top things. And uh, so that's legit. That's legit. That has to, that has to be a runner-up for me, I think. Mm. My favorite random fact is it's a common misconception that humans have an underdeveloped sense of smell, um, and that's not actually true. We actually have a very similar sense of smell to other animals, uh, and we even are more sensitive to some odors than some dogs and rats, which I think hmm. is kind of uh, interesting. So that's, that's go. a good random fact. It, so it's a little random fact for you there. So yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, leave us your favorite random fact below in the comments, and we're going to pick the top three for next week. So check that out. Now, let's talk about, again, truth bombs. I'm bringing back truth bombs. I always say I'm bringing back truth bombs, and then I don't bring back truth bombs. This is a week where I'm bringing back truth bombs, Scott. And I got one. This okay. is one I've wanted to talk about for a while. It's been in my back pocket. Uh, and so I'm glad that I get to talk about it with you, Scott, because right. uh, it's a it's a it's a weird one. And it may be a more controversial one, I think, because there are a lot of people that still think this is a legit sort of thing. Uh, and I'm talking about chiropractic, of course. Mm. Uh, uh, it's not chiropractic. You say chiropractic, which is a weird, weird thing. You'd think it'd be chiropractic, but it is chiropractic. Anyway, chiropractic, right? This this practice of you know manipulating people's spines, right? Doing all these kinds of stuff, getting up the subluxations, as they call it. We'll get into that in just a second here. But what's your experience with the art of chiropractic? The art of any... chiropractic. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Careful not to call it the science of chiropractic chiropractic there. Uh, My experience is very little. I've never uh, visited a chiropractor, uh, although I have friends that have. um, And, you know, I I might be wrong. I I guess I've never really looked. I haven't done quite a deep uh, dive into it as you have. But um, I always thought that there was like legit chiropractic where they did things like if you hurt your back or or if you have like, uh, you know, vertebrae out of alignment or something like that, you know, that they could actually do stuff. Or if you had like a, a nerve pinch in your neck or something like that. And then there was the other chiropractic stuff, things like, oh, if I massage this part of your foot, then your flu will go away and and stuff like that. So, you know, that's about my extent. I did have some friends once that uh, um, would take their kids for for adjustments. And, you know, that really bothered me. That really bothered me seeing that. But um, but that's that's roughly the extent of my experience with chiropractic is uh, just being an observer on the sideline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. This is me jumping ahead here, but I will address that. So this is actually a very common conception that people have that there is these sort of uh sort of more woo oriented chiropractors and some that are more like science-based right so the chiropractic community actually has a term for this they call them straights and mixers right mm-hmm. so uh the difference here is that the straights right the straights in chiropractic are the ones who are the vitalistic kinds the ones who talk about um you know some of these more uh, kind of spiritual practices sometimes, the ones that kind of get to the heart of the the origins of chiropractic, which is very spiritually motivated. And I'm going to talk mm. about that. Um, and then there's the mixers, the ones who are trying to sort of incorporate, you know, scientific method, some more kinds of uh, data, some more kinds of practices that are outside of the traditional school of chiropractic. There's also like differences in how they understand terminology, like subluxation, which is another word that we're going to dive into there. There's chiropractors that disagree on what exactly a subluxation is, even though it really is at the heart of chiropractic. So we're getting into this. And again, I think this is going to be very controversial because a lot of you folks at home, and I know folks personally, who go to chiropractors, who consider it a very beneficial practice. And I want to be very clear up front as I'm talking about this subject today, I am not saying that there aren't positive benefits to going to a chiropractor. I think that has been demonstrated uh, that there are definitely positive benefits. But there's also super, super, super big risks on top of that, as well as some ideas that you might be surprised at how wooey they really get when you study the heart of it. But this is the big problem because there are multiple sorts of organizations that even uh, you know, regulate chiropractic. You do not have to go to medical school to be a chiropractor. If you're going to a chiropractor, they are likely not an MD. They may have gone to a chiropractic school, but that is not the same thing as a medical school. Mm-hmm. And again, it varies from different countries as far as what kinds of licensures you can have. And in some places, you don't even have to go to a school at all. You can just kind of say, yeah, this is the thing I do, uh, depending on how the country operates and regulates its its laws there. So let's let's mm. let's go from the very beginning here, Scott. We're going right. we're going back to the past and we're going to talk about a guy who I quoted at the beginning of this episode. This is Daniel David Palmer. Daniel David Palmer was the OG chiropractor. He emigrated to the United States in 1865 and before he was doing his chiropractor stuff, he was into magnetic healing. Have you ever heard of magnetic healing? Who hasn't, right? Isn't that like a mainstream uh, medical procedure? Just uh... oh, I, I just got a magnetic healing procedure last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, right? sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, so obviously, what the heck is that? Well, so the idea, right, is that so there's like iron in people's blood, 
right? You know, there's hemoglobin, which is like the That's protein, right? Okay. The blood protein that carries oxygen. And so this idea is like, well, you know, maybe we can actually like manipulate people's hemoglobin by like using magnets on people's bodies, <laughs> which is like um, not how that works. But okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, there's some different, like, sort of outbranching ideas that come from that. But obviously, you know, the whole practice is, is bunk, right? So like, this guy was leaving behind the magnetic healing yes. because he had discovered, oh, no, this. This, this is, yeah, this is legit. And again, um, there's different sort of accounts of how exactly he came came to this conclusion. But he has written several times that he has, and that was not like a joke, quote, literally like a ghost, like, told him. Uh, that this is how you should do things. That is what mm. he claims. Dr. Jim Atkinson was not somebody who was contemporary to his time period. He was a dead person that he claimed he could talk to through a spirit medium. Uh, he, Wait, he, you said he was a doctor? Doc, Dr. Jim Atkinson, the guy who he he talked to, um, who okay. claimed that who told him about uh, this practice. Yes. Was, so was, did the guy become a doctor and then die and become a ghost? Or was he, did he die and then get his- And then get his MD his, while his, he was dead? His ghost doctoral degree mm, afterwards? Yeah, or? like a Beetlejuice situation. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm mm. assuming uh, he got his MD while he was alive. I actually don't know much about Jim Atkinson. I didn't mm. look too much into him. Okay. Um, but I, I did look into Daniel David Palmer. Um, which if you're going to be a grifter, by the way, which I full disclosure, if you think there are chiropractors today that are doing good work and maybe you are one of uh, your sure, maybe David, Daniel, David Palmer, full on grifter. OK, you cannot convince me otherwise. Dude was absolutely just uh, out of his mind. OK, uh, hey. so, yeah, if you're going to be a grifter, you have to have the three names, the Daniel, David Palmer. That's I, I think that's part crazy. of that's part of the license application. I think it's, it's part of the license application. Yeah. You got it. You got to submit that. Um, but anyway, so so here's the basic idea. Oh, he was also against other stuff mainstream medicine as well too um including vaccination so anti-vax sentiments here too in the beginning of uh chiropractic uh practice and so he, it's, here, a, it's a truth bomb with multiple warheads as well oh yeah saying. dude, dude right. i'm telling you this is a big one it's a big one and and it's crazy that a lot of people don't know the origins of it because it's like weirdly spiritual it's like very weird um so basically palmer had this idea that um there are people that have natural healing powers, right? And it's done through the nervous system, right? So in, if any one organ was affected by a kind of illness, it must not be receiving its normal nerve supply is what he called, uh, which he dubbed it as a uh, spinal misalignment. Um, so uh, uh, the otherwise okay. known as a subluxation. Okay. Mm. So uh, he saw chiropractic as a way to sort of reorient that. So when you hear subluxations, you're thinking, oh, maybe it's like fixing your vertebrae and stuff. And like, maybe again, that's what chiropractors are using today. But he specifically was like, not nah, it's about your basically your spiritual ability to heal yourself, like your nervous system's ability to heal yourself, which is again, not how any of that actually works. Um, but Wait, is go. the subluxation the problem? Or is the subluxation the solution to the problem? Let's 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 detour on that a little bit because I have a whole thing on subluxation. All right, okay. all right. So I'm so just sub, messing you up here. Sorry. Let, let, no, 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 no. Let's talk about it because this is again a word that's used that many people might not really understand the origins or the reasons why it's used. So so it's supposed to be like a dislocation 
of a joint or an organ. So the World Health Organization has a definition of subluxation, which is a significant structural displacement. Uh, but therefore, it has to be done on stuff like x-rays and stuff. Okay, so that's what's what's visible uh, is, is in, in the World Health Organization's mind, uh, that kind of stuff can be counted as a subluxation. But that's mm. not what chiropractors say is a subluxation. Uh, subluxations, specifically vertebral subluxations, may or may not actually be visible on x-rays. Um, and it may not even cause clear pain or dysfunction at all. It's basically the stuff that people complain about. They say, oh, you know, I, I have a, maybe a back issue and the chiropractors come in and say, oh, it's because of your, you know, we uh, have these subluxations, right? Mm -hmm. So so it's it's kind of the problem that does need to be fixed. Um, so, so there's kind of the difference there because again, the mixers that I was talking about earlier, the mixer chiropractors are going to use the term subluxation to refer to more to that World Health Organization. In other words, um, something that can be visibly sort of empirically seen, whereas mm. the other ones are going to be like, nah, man, it's just whatever problems you have uh, that you can't connect to your organs, right? Again, your mileage is going to vary because different chiropractors can kind of practice and say different things. So again, so, so that you're, you, when you say the mixers and what was the other one? Mixers and straights. That's, mixers that's and the, the straight. You, you know, when, when you mm -hmm. said that, I first went to the outsiders. I was thinking it does the sound like the and greasers and, you know. It does sound like, yeah, it does sound like. Do they the have like battles or anything or do they have a. Uh, chiropractic throwdowns or yeah i think they pull up pocket knives and they start like fighting mm. each other and uh and rob lowe is somehow in the mix too uh, of course well. I, right. I don't know how uh but he's there um so anyway so so this is where we're talking about when we're talking about subluxations okay but again daniel david palmer's ideas which, I, which is mainly what i want to stick to today he was talking about this spiritual sort of dysfunction okay. um which is uh again a little kind of cuckoo kind of bananas um in my opinion so uh, it, on top of this sort of origins of, of chiropractic, right? So, so basically, you know, he's, he's, he's this magnetic healer for a while, and then he supposedly has sort of this spiritual visit. Um, and he, and he is visiting mediums at the time, right? So he's, he's very much into this sort of spiritualism and, uh, he starts to write about this chiropractic practice. Okay. So this original story goes like this in 1895, he was practicing a magnetic healing in an office. Uh, when he encountered somebody's janitor uh, at, at this building, right? Uh, and this janitor was severely hearing impaired, right? Um, and so Palmer said that there was a palpable lump in his back uh, that he noticed that was related to his hearing disability somehow. And so according to the story, Palmer then treated his back and claimed to have successfully restored his hearing. Hmm. And so this is like the first sort of... Did he uh, magnetically treat his back? Or no, no, no. So this is, this is his first time doing chiropractic oh, okay. practice here. So he, he right. was there at the building to do magnetic healing on somebody else. All and right. the janitor at this building is like, apparently has this healing hearing problem, which he was able to fix uh, okay. by, by, you know, edit, uh, fixing his back there. So now, had he spoken to the ghost yet at this point? Or was he just kind of, did he have this it, natural chiropractic ability or... So it's, it's, it's again, the, the history is sort of unclear. And actually I was literally about to get to this, right? So oh. the first even account of how this story came to be was, is com like in disarray. Um, Harvey's daughter, uh, the guy who, uh, Harvard, Harvey Lillard, who is the guy who had the, uh, who was the janitor with the hearing impairment, um, mm. recounts a very different interaction between the two men and claims that Palmer overheard 
Harvey telling a joke just outside of his office and joined to catch up at the end of it. And when he heard the punchline, Palmer slapped him on the back. And then a few days later, uh, Lillard, the guy who was the janitor, remarked that he had his hearing had improved since mm. Palmer had slapped him on the back. Um, and which which Palmer then took as inspiration to treat the vertebrae as a means to cure disease. And 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 just to put a fine point on this, right? This is Palmer's whole idea. It's not just to cure back misalignments. Okay. Again, I, I need to emphasize this. It's literally to cure your spiritual and physical malfunctions. Like this is meant to cure all sorts of things. It's not just like, oh, I'm having an achy back. According to this story, by using chiropractic, he was literally able to make this apparently mostly deaf man or at least severely hearing impaired man able to hear again mm -hmm. um which is just i mean just wild <laughs> right like imagine i'm, I'm like a little you, skeptical i think i'm a, I'm little, a little skeptical little, here i would hope you would be skeptical at yeah. it but you know this is like the turn of the uh 19th century here so you can get away with a lot of things apparently uh, which is which is really cool any questions so far about <laughs> Palmer and his work, because I know I have a few. I'm I'm just soaking it up. I'm just soaking it up. So what do you got? Okay, so 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 he 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 talks a, a lot about this practice, and and there's probably evidence that he was inspired by some of the principles of osteopathy, which is a whole other pseudoscientific endeavor, which is for another truth bomb. We, we don't have time to get into it here, but that that has another uh sort of spiritual origins to this, mm. right? Um, the idea here is that by doing these sort of spinal manipulations, um, you can not only heal people's uh, processes, but heal people's physical processes and sort of spiritual processes in his mind. Um, but there was a little bit more to it. Um, it was more like uh, all human problems could be solved by this. Here's a direct quote from him. He said, a subluxated vertebrae is the cause of 95% of all diseases. Wow. The other 5% is caused by displaced joints other than those by the vertebral column. So he's like huh. all in, okay? He's he's not just saying like oh it's 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 a can fix a cold it's everything which is just hmm. which is just wild like why are we even taking medication you know like why are we even doing this we should all just go to a chiropractor right right, and, right. And get everything clearly clearly it's big pharma is is pushing us away from this obvious free truth right it's I mean it's if you can treat just by messing around with somebody's back you don't need expensive medicine you don't need expensive medical equipment you don't need expensive you know X ray and and MRI well, well, although the MRI, right, that's with the magnets. That does have the magnets so, in it. So maybe that, that could be related in there. Mm -hmm. I think that's related. I think magnetic healing and MRI scans are definitely related. Doctors uh, use magnetic healing on a daily basis, apparently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, yeah. so maybe he needs to go back to the, uh, leave leave the chiropractic behind and go back to the uh, magnetic stuff. His next thing is being an MRI. If he was alive today, he'd be an MRI technician. And then he'd start telling you about, um, I don't know, auras or something that you could, could pick be. up on MRI machines. But um, okay, so uh, a few years later in 18... 97 he founds the palmer school of uh, palmer school and cure in davenport which was later renamed to the palmer college of chiropractic hmm. um so he's he's teaching other people about this thing and i guess you can just like just start a school just start a medical school in the pcc right it's uh it's, yeah yeah we're i we're all familiar one of the advantages, though, of being the only practitioner of a particular uh, form of medicine is that you have no peer.
peers. You, there's no peer review. There are no other chiropractors. And so if you get in on the ground floor, that's free true. Pass, free that's pass. true. You're, you're the authority. It's right, like you can exactly. start it. So apparently you can start a school, but you can't keep practicing a medical license because in 1906, Palmer was prosecuted under the new medical arts law in Iowa for practicing medicine without a license hmm. and chose to go to jail instead of paying the fine. So did he tell him about the ghost thing? That I, was, that dude, wasn't, that okay. would have been my first thing. As yeah. Well. I would have said, yeah, well, listen, I got ghosts that can verify for me, you know, right, not, right. but anyway, uh, he ended up only spending 17 days in jail and then elected to pay the fine later. So I guess jail time was like not good enough for him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wasn't making enough money in jail. He wanted to keep going on his grip or whatever. Um, but later on, he sold his school to his son, DJ Palmer. And after the sale of the school was finalized, D.D. Palmer went to the West Coast of the United States, Daniel David Palmer, where he helped to found the chiropractic schools in Oklahoma, California, and Oregon. Because he, he was expanding this. This, this stuff was apparently nationwide. Off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess like, I, again, if you ever get like a back rub, right, if you ever get like somebody touching you in an area where you can't really touch yourself too often or even at all, right, um, like it does just kind of feel good. And so I think people are just going to this thing and saying, huh, that feels pretty good. And Daniel David Palmer's like, oh, yeah. And did you know that it can heal all the ghosts in your blood, too? Like, I mean, like <laughs> he, he's just kind of selling them on this thing. Um, and it's working, I guess. Can you because, prove him wrong? Can you can prove you that prove he was wrong? wrong? Yeah. Can you do it? I don't know. All right. Um, so uh, a lot of stuff happening there. Um, of course, uh, the early philosophy of chiropractic isn't necessarily reflected in some of the practices today, right? Eventually, as more and more people got into this practice, there was more of this uh, idea of trying trying to sort of regulate it because, I mean, you know, <laughs> um, you should regulate what you do to people's bodies in a medical setting, I think. Like, in general, I think that's a good idea. I don't I, know. I would agree with you there. I agree with that. I mean, like, I honestly, like, you know, there there is an argument to be made about people's bodies being free from the government, right? And and I totally agree to that to some extent. But at the same time, like I don't want like other Daniel David Palmers of the world to like go, you know, try to fix a sublux subluxation on your grandmother and her having an epileptic fit because of it, right? Because you hit something the wrong way. I mean, like there are consequences to this. And I can get into some of these statistics <laughs> on how bad, you know, some people have had it by going to a chiropractor, but it's kind of a mixed bag. Cause again, um, there's, there's claims and then there's counterclaims to a lot of these sorts of, uh, uh, medical malpractice too. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, some, some claims that people have said have happened have been epileptic seizures. Uh, some have been broken bones. Um, some have been, uh, dis disjoints, uh, you know, of, of the spine and also in other places on the body, uh, basically like breaking people's bodies in ways that shouldn't have happened because they, they hit too hard on areas. Right. Um, so, so if this stuff is going to happen, there has to be like practices on, okay, what's going to be like good practice and what's going to be uh, bad practice. Right. So, and, so twisting, what you're saying there is twisting and cracking people's spinal columns has risks. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, 
Okay. It does have risks. I'm uh, again. I'm no. I'm no big city doctor. And you okay. haven't spoken to a ghost, as far as I know. So haven't spoken. So your knowledge to... is limited. Yes, it is incredibly limited. So what do I know? Um, but regardless, uh, you know, apparently some people think that there is something to this whole thing. So, um, <laughs> wrapping things up here because I know we got some calls that we want to take. Um, when we get to the state of the practice today, again, uh, it's going to be different in different countries on how you can sort of regulate this. Like, you don't have to have any medical license uh, to, or, or, or rather, you don't have to go to medical school to call yourself a chiropractor. Um, and chiropractors have been lobbying for decades to try to get uh, into mainstream medical practices. Um, and they do this in a number of different ways. One of the ways that which they do it is to get on people's insurances. So in the United States, if you have health insurance, you probably have it through your employer, right? And so your employer uh, isn't an expert on health insurance. They usually hire other companies that come up with these packages or they sign up through other kinds of care programs. And those care programs will have some benefits, including chiropractors in there uh, because it's cheaper to get a chiropractor to cover for some things than it is to get real medical care because our medical system's kind of fucked. So, so, it's, so it's cost effective as well. It's cost effective. Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. if you're having some minor back pains and a chiropractor, you know, like touching your back once a week or something is helping you, then yeah, that's better than going to a hospital and realizing, oh, you have a, a dislocated disc or something, right? Right, right. Um, so again, there's a couple of different practices on on how chiropractors do stuff. Some of them, again, do use x-rays and do, uh, uh, you know, talk about subluxations in the way that the World Health Organization defines it. But other ones uh, are are not as, as reputable. Uh, and so your mileage is going to vary. Uh, you know, I could go into uh, the stuff I have here about uh, what actually counts as a chiropractor, what actually doesn't. Uh, but but even then, there's there's debate even within the uh, uh, AAPC, which is the American uh, uh, American Academy of Professional Coders, which is uh, what they call for uh, folks who are in the healthcare business administ uh, business in the United States, uh, who who like have different ideas about what counts as medical care what does it right because like mm. if you're going to have these like itemized medical bills what exactly are you like treating what are the treatments and like you know how do you how do you bill for that um it it, it gets really messy because the united states medical care system is 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 again very messy uh and if you go to most other countries within the west they do not uh have these sorts of practices which is why chiropractics are mostly mm. found in the united states more than any other western nation um so food for thought there but anyway uh, that's that's I, I think is kind of a wrap here on this subject because we got some calls to get to. But yeah, that's the origins of chiropractic. Scott, did, right. you expect, did you expect ghosts in the mix? I, I didn't expect the ghosts or the mixers or the greasers or any mm. of that stuff. Um, I'm it's it's a, it. My mind is gone. My mind has exploded from your truth bomb here. That's that's it. That's the goal of the truth bomb, baby. Got to yep. make those minds explode. Um, so yeah, super spiritual origins. Uh, if you do consider <laughs> going to a chiropractor, folks, again, I'm not telling you what to do with your life. Um, ask some basic questions like, where did you get your medical background from? And if they call themselves a doctor, you should figure out, are they really a doctor? Did they right, go to medical right. school? Um, and, and, and what are the kinds of things that they're going to bill you for? What treatments are they treating you for? 
if they do an x-ray on you and they say that they can fix parts of you uh, because of your subluxations and you don't see anything broken in your body, that is a red flag, right? So don't don't go there is my recommendation. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, uh, personal opinions of the host of the ACA do not necessarily reflect that. Of the atheist community of Austin, yada, yada, yada. So <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's, that's chiropractic. All, All right. So. All right. Never, the more you know, right? The more you know. Or, you know, so watch out. And maybe there's some folks who disagree with me. Maybe there's some who've had some positive experiences and uh, said that they've been fixed in some sort of way. And that's cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I'm not saying that there's no positive benefits to going. I'm just saying there's a lot of risk involved. Um, so take that as know what you're getting into. Know right. what you're getting into. Definitely. Exactly. So we need to get some calls here, Scott. Uh, All right. Before we do that, we need to thank the wonderful people who support the show on Patreon. Folks, every single week, I'm always shouting out one person from our Patreon. We call them the Patron of the Week. And if you donate on Patreon, you'll be able to become a Patron of the Week as well. This week's Patron of the Week is coming to us from Paul Sherman. Thank you so much, Paul Sherman. And thank you to everybody who donates on the Patreon. You guys rock. Uh, you really do help make this show happen. Uh, and it shows the ACA that, hey, this is a show continuing uh, worth, worth, worth supporting in the future. So thank you to everybody who does. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now let's get to the calls. Uh, All right. Interesting one. We have Xavier who's calling in from Florida. Xavier, you are live on Truth Wanted. What's going on? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Xavier. Hey, the, topic called about, yeah, the, the topic I called about was uh, religion kind of like, not always, but many times like distorts like the, your sexuality. Like uh, growing up, I, I was super puritanical and super abstinent. And I it just, the Christian evangelical uh, circles, they kind of give you an inherent message of if you wait until marriage, God will bless you. Um, yeah. I really did wait until marriage. I didn't even have a girlfriend. Um, and, you know, it just wasn't really anything more special than any other marriage that for the people with, who didn't wait. So still waiting for that blessing. Maybe yeah. it's in heaven. No, I, I, I think uh, I think there's something to this because uh, I was taught uh, I, w I grew up in a purity culture, right, where it's like, uh, yeah, so you have to wait until marriage because sex is the most important gift God has given you or one of the best things God has given you. But he's meant for you to have that with one other person. And if you do that with anybody else. Um, he doesn't like it. I guess I heard different explanations. One of them is which, um, you know, uh, you uh, leave yourself spiritually vulnerable, like literally your spirit is being attacked. 
uh, if you uh, have sex outside of marriage. Another explanation I heard is something along the lines of, well, your uh, bonding with that person is going to be affected because you've had intimate experiences with other people. Um, and that can get in the way of having a fulfilling uh, relationship with a partner. Um, obviously, I disagree with all that because, uh, hey, uh, not to talk too much about my personal life, but uh, I'm not married and I'm doing just fine. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's great. It's it's cool. Uh, I was abstinent for a very long period of my life. I was actually abstinent up until I stopped being a Christian, which was around 2021 20, ish. So mm. um, do I regret that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was kind of good that I didn't get into trouble beforehand, but also like, I do feel like I kind of missed out a little bit. So, uh, mm. I don't know. That's kind of young compared to some people though. There are definitely some people who call them to the show who waited like way longer than I have. So uh, I can see how that can mess some people up. Yeah, for sure. You know, I was going to say that, um, when, when this topic comes up, I often hear, uh, you know, people in atheist groups or, or whatever saying that, uh, you know, this, this shows that, uh, religion is all about control and is all about manipulating. And I don't know necessarily know if I think that uh, maybe our caller could uh, could uh, chime in with his perspective. But I I, I don't I. I don't necessarily think that uh, religion goes out with the intent. They don't, you know, we don't, we don't see a bunch of uh, old guys in a room saying, okay, so how can we manipulate these people? How can we control these people? Although the types of religions that survive and that, that thrive and that, and that, uh, you know, religious evolution, right? The evolution of religion, you know, the, the ones that survive are the ones that can, that do have those control aspects. And I think that, uh, tying down the reproduction and slash tying down uh, the thing that every teenager wants to do all the time, right? Tying that down, nailing that down as, you know, the domain of the, of, of under the control of the church is, you know, if, if it didn't happen uh, organically, you would think that, boy, that's just a genius stroke. And, and I'm curious, uh, Xavier, what is your experience as far as, uh, was it, did you feel like this was imposed on you? Like you were uh, obeying the church or did you have beliefs such that uh, you wanted to do this? I mean, was this something that was done against your will or were you complicit? Wow. <clears throat> um, it wasn't imposed on me directly by people. Like they taught it, but they didn't preach it heavily. Like they, because the youth leaders know that they can't control the sex lives of teenagers. <laughs> Who can monitor that? They kind of just taught it and moved on. Um, it was really imposed by the text, the, the holy text, like threatening hell. So as soon yeah. as like I hit puberty, I'm like, oh man, I might go to hell for these desires. And that mm. really messes up with their psychology. So it was more imposed by the Bible itself. Um, especially Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. If, if you commit adultery in your heart, uh, something like that, um, you're, you're in danger of the hellfire. Or, so it was really, and so and what, what disappoints me the most about it is that, yeah, kind of like um, Danny, I did miss out, but also many others who were Christian, they kind of just got away with it. They took the loophole. Mm. They just, they did it. They had their fun and they just said, okay, God, I'm sorry. And they got married anyway. Yeah. So they kind of had uh, their fun and they took the loophole. Like, why didn't me and Dan the take the loophole? Right. Yeah, no, I I feel the exact same way where it's like I know Christians who have definitely just have had sex and just don't feel guilty about it at all, even though like there is this whole culture that definitely does make you feel guilty about. It. So it's like, why was I struggling with this guilt? I, I felt guilty just for having, uh, quote, lustful thoughts. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is, again, like a, something that most people have. Right. It's just like a normal, natural human process. So um, to be ashamed of something that 
every, especially most teenage boys are going to be going through in their lifetime. It's just like, it just seems silly in retrospect. But the truth is you got to think about it also from like a top down perspective. Why the hell would there be a God that designs us to even have those kinds of thoughts when we're teenagers in the first place? I mean, I wasn't thinking like that when I was like five or six, right? Like it just didn't appear because I don't know, it wasn't an option, but for some reason there's a God that designs that. Yeah. 13 year old girls do have the ability to get pregnant for some reason. Like, I don't know why you couldn't hold that off to like 18. I don't know why that has to be a thing, but yeah, it, it, it mm. kind of just doesn't make sense from the get go. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a lot of trauma that can occur because of those kinds of thoughts. Uh, and it sucks. It sucks for people who felt like that they were robbed of something, you know? So mm. I definitely feel you there. So Xavier, yeah, looking um, back on things now, now that you've, now that you've uh, left, I think you're an, you're an atheist, right? I don't know. Did you mention, are you, are you an atheist I'm not, now? I'm not Is that an atheist. I'm not really an atheist. Um, okay. I'm like, I'm a spiritual agnostic. There could be a God. I don't know. If there is, that's cool. Um, but, but you don't think the God is uh, wagging his finger at you for thinking about sex, though. So, <laughs> no. so at least you've migrated your thinking. Now, looking back at your other, do you feel like like you talked about feeling robbed or feeling? I'm, but at the time, did you regret it? Did you did you think, oh, I really wish I could I could do this, or did you think I'm? You said you said it was the the scriptures and and the 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 quote unquote word of God that was that was motivating you. Was it because you're like, okay, well, I guess I got to do it. Or were you like gung ho? Like, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, wow. I'm going to please God no matter wow. what. You know? <laughs> yeah. Different phases of my life. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this for the kingdom. I'm not having sex. And I would preach it to other kids in high school. And I was super mm-hmm. proud to spread God's kingdom of abstinence. I, I don't know. I just thought preaching abstinence would like bring the gospel closer. That I thought it would make the rapture come sooner. <laughs> But yeah. other periods mm-hmm. of my life, I'm like, you know, I, I could go, I could just get away with this. Like other people are doing it and they're, they're enjoying their relationships and I'm kind of like have to wait. So it, it was kind of both and in different phases because I was a hardcore fundamentalist for like 16 years. Hmm. Yeah. And isn't it funny using the language there of getting away with it, right? Which is exactly the language that I would use in describing something like that, right? It's this idea that like sex is like this dirty thing. It's this bad thing that, uh, you know, that, that, that people do in secret and that shouldn't be talked about or shouldn't be explored or shouldn't be glorified in any way. Uh, because it, it leads to, I don't know, human degeneracy, I guess. Um, and like, yeah, there's definitely like an argument to be made about having too much of a good thing. But I feel like most people who are having sex, and especially, again, sex outside of marriages, are just fine. They're just like, they're not porn addicts necessarily. They're not like sex craving lunatics. They're not like, you know, uh, completely thinking about it 24-7. It's just like a, a natural, normal part of their lives. And you just learn to deal with it like anything else. Like sometimes it's really good. And sometimes it's something that you really want, but it doesn't have to like completely dominate you or corrupt you in any way. But that was definitely like the sort of evangelical puritanical understanding that I had, right? Like the more you thought about sex, the literally like the more corrupt your soul may have become, right? The, the farther you've fallen from God. And that's like such an unhealthy way to think about that kind of thing in a relationship. I mean, like, I, I, I wish I could tell some of my friends who ended up getting married, like very young, 18, 19, 20, who were virgins when they did say like, hey, you should figure out the sex stuff before you get married, because <laughs> that might actually be a deal breaker for you in your relationship. And you just don't mm. even realize it yet because you don't even know, you don't even have an opinion on it. Like you mm. just, you don't have anything to experience, you know? Um, but 
unfortunately, that uh, you know that doesn't seem to come up. I don't know. They don't ask me about my opinion, so. So nobody's mentioned the devil yet. Is the is the devil part of the whole sexual attraction, or is that just is that not a thing? I mean, I've never been sexually attracted to the devil, God, but <laughs> I know there's some people out there. Well, have you met the have you met the devil? I mean, he's pretty he's pretty uh pretty good looking guy. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I I've been told. I've been it's told. So weird, I, I like it's so weird. Like when you're told your sexual desires are demonic and of yeah. the mm. devil, right? Mm. And, and this is poured into your head since through indoctrination. And then when you finally get married and like your first time with the one you love, you're like, it's still in your head. Like, how does this go, no, now go from it's of the devil to, oh, this is good, sacred, and holy. Like, you still have that view of sex that it's of the devil. It's still in there in your subconscious. It's hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny is, again, if you look at Paul, right, who writes and says, look, it's actually better if nobody got married. Um, but hey, if you can't control your lust, you should get married. That's like one of his chief reasons for why someone should get married. And it's like, that's just a <laughs> shitty reason to get married. And how many evangelicals like literally like are just so ready to have sex that they're willing to just like speed run into their marriage, right? Like it's it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a joke a stereotype because it totally happens. Um, and uh, that's just an unhealthy foundation for a marriage, right? Like I, I, that's just not good. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, for some people, if that's what you want out of a marriage and you know about it ahead of time, like, sure, that's great. You do whatever. But a lot of these people in this evangelical sect, right? They don't know that. They haven't really subconsciously even figured that out for themselves. So yeah, you're going to be in for a bad time. I mean, I can't tell you how many calls we've had on this show from folks who've had just that experience. So yeah, uh, it sucks. It sucks that this is one of the most toxic parts of Christian culture is these ideas around sex and how it has really set people back into exploring parts of their sexual identity um, that they just otherwise just don't have the tools to do because they, they grew up in a culture that didn't allow them to do that. Um, right, and right. It, it's, it sucks. It just sucks. There's no other way to describe it. Well, if we look at some of the objective facts here, I mean, if if saving sex until until you're married were, were a wonderful gift that you can give to your spouse, I mean, you would think that people that do that would have more successful marriages. But I think if we look at the data, we can see kind of either that depending on the survey you see, either that's not the case or even the reverse is the case. You know, many religious groups have unusually high divorce rates, especially ones that are so socially restrictive and and, uh, and, and domineering in that respect. And so the data just doesn't pan out. It's just not there. There's not there's nothing there. Uh, in their argument, really, it just all boils down to the same thing at the end. You know, we, this guy said a thing, and so now we got to do it. Yeah. And because of God, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Xavier, any last thoughts before we wrap up this call? Uh, great point, gentlemen. Um, I guess one. I guess one little like last point. I guess it can be good for some people. Um, maybe some people, for abstinence will be a good thing. But you know, just to to, to make it extreme, like. It has to be like that for everybody. It just—it's so—it was—it was so toxic. Um, thanks for your time, gentlemen. Take care. No, thank you for your time, Xavier. I, I appreciate you calling in. It's definitely something that, um, you know, I—I I, I think people might feel a hesitancy to talk about because of their evangelical upbringing, right? Because there's still some shame lingering around that topic. I definitely felt that shame for a long time. And I thought like, I used to think, oh man, why does like, why does the LGBT community have to talk about sex all the time? Why do they have to be so open about this stuff? And it's like, I, I saw that as a bad thing. And now in retrospect, I realize I only 
thought that was a bad thing because I was uncomfortable with my own sexuality. And not that I uh, struggled with being gay or being bisexual or, or, or anything like that. I, I still identify as straight, but more so that like I just didn't have a really healthy outlet for that stuff. My outlet for that stuff was just like, I don't know, praying to God to take away my thoughts that I was inevitably going to have. Just push it way right? down. Just push yeah. it all down there. And we know that that's always the beginning of a great success story. Just yeah. pack it all down and <laughs> stick it in the closet. Right. As right. it were. Right. Um, and yeah, so whenever you hear about these folks who, uh, you know, oh, think that they've completely cured themselves of sexual desire through some spiritual practices or some sort of enlightenment, I'm always pretty skeptical about it. Uh, so I think other people should be too. But that's just my opinion. And hey, Scott, did you know that we have some super chats I need to read off? I, I am aware of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, well hear let's hear some of them. We actually have three right now that I want to read off. Right. off. One from start. Kelly Laughlin. Good old Kelly, who donated $5, has uh, been a member for over a year now, who says, just wanted to say hello to Scott Dickey. What um, a nice... Thanks, Kelly. Man. Thanks, Kelly. Back at you. I hope yeah. you're feeling better soon. Yeah, Kelly got a little sick after the back bruise. Uh, so thoughts and prayers to Kelly, everyone. Yep. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, that's that's what he would want, I think. Um, <laughs> yes. Next time. In from, fact, he's requested that. I said, yeah, please, yeah. more thoughts and prayers. Yes, he said, yeah. Yep, says it in the message right there. Please, more thoughts and prayers. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Uh, next is from Humanist Reformation, who gives four ninety nine. Thank you so much for that. They say, not having sex has its positives, even from a secular perspective. But it's interesting how religions can control people through basic biological desires. And yes, I 100% agree. Choosing to be abstinent is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just for like choosing to be abstinent so that you could wait till your wedding or, or your marriage because you think like that's the best way to have sex because the Bible says so. It's like it's, it's, it's that yeah. pain of reasoning that's kind of the problem, right? Well, like anything else, you know, it's your reasoning that that's the important part. It's the why, you know, why are why are you doing this or not doing this as as the case may be. And yeah. and, and if you're doing it because you know, you've been instructed to, that's one thing. If you're doing it because maybe you don't feel emotionally ready, or maybe, you know, you're just not interested, or maybe for whatever reason, you know, that's a different, that's a different story. Yes, I agree. And, and, uh, humanist reformation makes a great point too. How many religions have rules about sex? Like most of them, I feel like, uh, isn't that kind of <laughs> part of the deal, right? Isn't I guess that, so. Uh, it's just a weird thing. It's very interesting that that's like one of the one of the things. I don't know. Uh, another one from Hell's Bells who gives uh, was it five dollars? I can't believe I'm reading this for five dollars. I'm immediately regretting <laughs> this policy now of reading anything you guys said me uh, because <laughs> Hell's Bells says, "Dan, shame on you for lustful thoughts." Now you need to say, "quote I am a dirty, dirty boy," uh, and then a winky face. So there you go. I said it for you, Hell's Bells. You gave five dollars. Uh, so I. I have to follow the rules. So that was yeah, an investment. Now you can now you can clip it and quote it and, and make a short of it on TikTok. And hmm. it's all going to be great. It's all going to be right. awesome. Yep. Fantastic. Thanks for that help. <laughs> and while we were reading Super Chats, we got another Super Chat. And it's from Jason Friedman, who gives $9.99, who asks a very interesting question. Is the world getting better? Hmm. That's interesting. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think in general, the world is getting better. As we learn more about the world and the universe, we get better at making life better. You know, we get better at making it better. And and so, you know, there's certainly things that that uh, periodically come up that that seem horrible. Um, misinformation might be one thing. Um, 
But I, I think in general, I, you know, I'm generally an optimistic person and I think the world is in fact getting better. And I, I, I'm hoping that we can, uh, um, that we can, you know, turn some big corners pretty soon because I, I think we're, we're, we're coming up. Of course, this is always the case that, uh, you know, we're, there's big thing, big things on the horizon and I hope they, I hope they turn out well, but I'm optimistic. Yeah. This is like, um, my brain went into a real weirdly complicated direction. So there's this moral philosopher named Derek Parfit who talks a lot about population ethics and it's this idea of like um what are more ideal populations right like smaller populations that might be subjectively more happy or larger populations that may not be as happy like what what counts for more right these sorts of hmm. odd questions and uh for some reason my brain went to there and, and i'm just not a very good uh i, I don't know, I, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into those kinds of questions what i will say is subjectively my experience in life has definitely gotten better um my life is pretty good so i'm happy about that i don't know if i can speak for the literal entire world though i feel like uh that's outside of my my bounds <laughs> to be able to say i mean there's always going to be good stuff well, it's right? very but, humble of you to admit that dan I, 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 thank you thank you i I, yeah. I know uh but it's like i i always think about i don't know climate change uh you know wars and stuff i don't know that always kinds of bring me down but then i also think about well I don't know, my life at least. So maybe Jason uh, was just asking about ping pong. Is the world yeah. getting better at ping pong? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Uh, not me. I haven't played in a long no, time. I haven't but, either. You know, so. yeah. I can't speak to that. Uh, so, so Jason, if so you're asking you have a dire ping pong future, if that's really what he was looking for. Yeah. You'll need to go to Ping Pong Wanted, which is our sister podcast, which talks <laughs> about a Colin show specifically about claims related to ping pong hmm. um, starting now, actually. So welcome. Welcome to the first episode. Anyway, no, we're not doing that. Um, I do have some announcements I need to get to real quick before we get to our next caller. Um, have you ever said to yourself you really like the stuff that the ACA makes and you just wish there was a way you could get all the time? Well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that too, in particular. One is through our 24-7 live stream, uh, AXP TV, which delivers a constant stream of shows, clips, and specials from over 26 seasons of the atheist experience. And now we also have Heathen TV, which has clips from Talk Heathen uh, as well. So you can watch that on Twitch or on YouTube. You can go to tiny.cc slash AXPTV or tiny.cc slash Heathen TV and join in on the fun for both of those. Actually, I think both of those are on YouTube, uh, but we are streaming on other stuff like Twitch now, which is fun. And hey, uh, if you are aware, you should be aware that there are a couple different ways to support the show. I've already talked about two of them. One is through the Super Chats and one is through the Patreon. There's another way you can support the show by becoming a member. If you do that, you get emojis in the chat, uh, you get your name highlighted in the chat, and you'll be immune to the slow mode. And you can do that for as little as 99 cents per month. So that is a pretty cool way to support us. And I'm going to do one more thing here before we move on. We want to talk about the limited edition t-shirt because every month we are showing a special t-shirt for you. This month is pretty funny. It says that the earth is really flat. How does it wear its pants? And for audio listeners, I really can't explain this joke, but it is two different flat earths <laughs> wearing pants two different ways. And it is pretty funny. So um, check that out. And uh, that's just another way to support me and the, not me. It's support Truth Wanted. I'm, I'm not getting any of that money. But like, you know, so, showing off the swag. That's that's always a fun thing. Right. Um, but it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now we have to get back to some more callers. Scott, you ready to go? Let's, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay, let's do it. This is Stocks Brain, who's calling in from Texas. Like mm-hmm. the call sign there, Spock's Brain. You are live on Truth Wanted. What's up? Hey, happy Star Trek Day. Happy Star you, Trek you Day. I did not realize it was Star Trek Day. This is the anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek in 1966. Oh, hmm. well, the more yeah. you know. There's a random fun fact for you. There so, we go. I like it. Well, Spock's uh, Brain, how can we help you today? A lot of people. Uh, I, I, well, well, first, I want to reply to the chiropractic thing. The pseudoscience behind chiropractic is utter bullshit. Although I have gotten some serious relief from going to chiropractors. Yeah, this is again, this is why I thought this would be a controversial truth bomb because uh, I know from just casual conversations with people that there are folks who totally think chiropractors do real stuff and think that chiropractor stuff is just full of nonsense, but will still go to one anyway because it makes them feel good. So uh, there's definitely like a weird cross section there. The pseudoscience behind it is bullshit, but believe me, I have walked out of a chiropractor's office feeling a lot better from having my back cracked or my hip pulled or whatever. And I've actually kind of learned to do that for people. It's not, it's mm. not rocket science. <laughs> you, know, you, just, oh, you just put that this... bone a little bit. No, but the, but the whole uh, nerve. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Old... Don't become the next Daniel David Palmer. Okay. I'm on to you. <laughs> All right. If I see any chiropractor businesses oh. with Dr. Spock's brain on, them, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> it's, it's not Doctor Spock. It's a Mister Spock. You science. You sure. scientifically illiterate oh, person. Geez, now, blew it. What, I, what I really <laughs> called about. What I really called about was to talk. And about, on Star and I, Trek Day too. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Spock. On Star Trek Day. That's that's why I chose Spock's <laughs> brain. You've talked. We've talked a lot of times. You kind of know who I am, right? Uh, I, yeah, I'm familiar with your voice. Uh, I choose, as a rule, to refer to whatever call sign you call in on the day of the show. Um, but I may or may not have talked it. to you before. Yes, I'm I am Coyote Boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, well, that's that's anyway, on you. That's so, on you to disclose. I I I, I have no obligation okay. to do. That, but yes, you're you're yeah. You're not you're not uh, you're not exposing me. Okay, so so. Oh no, Spock's brain. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. We yeah. lost you there for a second. Go ahead. Okay. Um. And now I'm now I'm forgetting. Oh. Um. It 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 it's it, it, it. Oh God. Give Give me a second here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no. Well, here I'll tell you what the call screener wrote for you. Okay. So they wrote yeah. that you were calling yeah. uh, about reconnecting with liberal and progressive Christians, and you said that there are good progressive Christians that could benefit the atheist movement. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Tell me about yes. that. Yes. That's it. Thank you. Thank, thank you for that. Yeah, I went back to my home church that I grew up in, uh, and it's a Disciples of Christ church, which is, which is a very moderate, vanilla, liberal church. And I made a lot of connections, and uh, I'm accepted even as a professing, professing atheist there. How weird is that? That's yeah. awesome. That's, That's really awesome. cool. Because, because we have common goals and values. Um, to at that church wants to see Christian nationalism or forced in school, you know, stuff like that. And I've gotten in, I've gotten into online. 
comment fights with atheists who say, no, no, they're Christians, they're evil, they're, they're terrible. I'm like, no, not. there are plenty of Christians who are moderate and liberal and believe the same things we believe. So I, I don't know how this will work out, but I'm going to stay um, in contact and, and going to this church because I think they could use a atheist humanist up there to just just to inform them, you know? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but Scott, I want to I want you to take the reins first. What do you think? Sure. Um yeah, I'm I'm very much in favor of people working together uh to accomplish things. We had the uh super chat earlier that says is the world getting better? And I think that if uh, as much as the world is getting better has to do with people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different belief systems, different continents, different countries starting to work together as 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 we get better at communicating as our technology develops um, the world you know they, they have that phrase you know the world's shrinking right the world and it's not literally shrinking but it, what it means is that it's we're able to connect with other parts of the world uh, much more easily and I, and I think that people working together is going to be a key uh, if we you know if if humanity wants to make a, a, a good successful go out of this thing and, and I kudos to you uh, for for reaching out or for being uh, for being available in that way I think that you know some of my my most interesting conversations are with um, you know people that believe differently than than myself, and you know it gives me an opportunity to to grow. And I, I, I'm also on the nonprofits, and when I'm on that show, I'm talking to people that are mostly in agreement agreement with me. And I and I like to say, well, we need that as people. We need to we need to talk to people that are kind of in our same vein, that kind of go in the same direction, because that's kind of like a healing environment. But then, but when we're talking about growth. Those, those uh, we, we need to be able to challenge ourselves. Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Spock Spring. Yes, yeah, those those are productive. Yeah, they said can... a number of times this week for even saying that some Christians are not total assholes, and and I, I and I said we sh I, I share common values and goals with these with these moderate Christians. What the you know I, I, I hate to see the atheist community fall into the same trap as the uh, radical fundamentalist. Yeah. I, it, it's a very complicated issue, okay? Because uh, politically speaking, I'm not afraid of the moderate Christian or, or 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 the liberal Christian, right? I am afraid of the fundamentalist Christian. I am afraid of the Christian nationalist. I am afraid of the Christians who have been campaigning for years to take away women's rights uh, or, or, or or people's rights to abortion, uh, people's rights to uh, freedom from religion in public spaces, including public schools, right? I mean, this is the stuff that the ACA has had. Uh, uh, there, you know, has had a fight in for years, right? So, like, those are the ones that we are the most disagreeant with and where we're going to find the least common values. The fact that I can find common values with other Christians is great, but the secret is to me at least, is that it's not because of Christianity that we find our common values. It's because we both believe in human decency or we both believe yes. in thinking about things through, right? And it's like, you don't need Christianity yes. for yes. any of that. I think that's the biggest problem. So, you know, if you can find common values with other human beings that are in your immediate vicinity, that's great. That's wonderful. And I absolutely encourage those relationships. Um, but I don't want to legitimize Christianity in any way. In other words, 
Um, if I get invited to a Christian podcast or if I get invited to talk to some Christians on whatever their show, my goal on there is not to say, wow, even we Christians can talk to atheists too. And maybe that, you know, bolsters us in our position a little bit. It's for me to say, no, no, we share some stuff, but you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong on some. There of are stuff. some uh, areas that are not shared. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to call you out for that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's, a, it's a tight rope to walk on. And yeah, people on the internet, maybe not so nuanced in their communication. Sure, I agree with you with that. Um, but it's tough because, I mean, historically, right, Christianity has not had liberal values uh, in any way whatsoever. Uh, it has not supported democracy historically, has not supported gay rights, has not supported lots of things that I support. So uh, the fact that there are Christians who may have some newer interpretations, I mean, that's great. Um, but it might be ahistorical. And, and maybe that's OK. I mean, Christianity is all made me, up anyway. Me, right. Uh, but, let me, you know. excuse, excuse me. Let me stop you right there. You're exactly. umbrelling a lot of issues. There were many liberal Christian denominations in the early 1800s. Why are you grouping yeah. them all together? Why am I grouping them all together? Well, because, like, I mean, I grew up as a Baptist, okay? Those were the Christians that the Baptists told me to warn about. You see what I'm saying? Even other Christians don't trust those kinds of Christians. Because there is not a there's not a uniform interpretation of this text, and and that's the big problem, right? How am I supposed to and, say and, I and agree so, with so the why did you, people? Why did, why, why, did, why did you insist that Christians are? Why did you umbrella Christians in in, in that uh, in that in those terms? There have been many liberal Christian movements. The, there the, have been the many Martin W. Liberal. Stone movement, the the, the Unitarian right. Universalists. Yes, there, there have and, been. And, they haven't been very popular, and they haven't been, had a big following. But there exactly. have been Christians who have been willing to be more open-minded. The, the, so the vast is, majority this is what I've been of fighting for the, for the for the longest period of time, right? The the biggest Christian populations you had were under the authority of the Catholic Church, and outside of that, you had the Eastern Orthodox Church, right? So before Protestantism, yes. Yes. you didn't have liberal Christian movements. You had maybe some monasteries that ran some things differently than others, but this wasn't a thing. Again, this is a newer historical phenomenon. For the vast majority of Christianity's history, these liberal Christian movements did not exist. They were newer interpretations of the text. Now, again, I want to clarify here. I'm not saying that's bad. In fact, if anything, that's a great thing. I'd rather people, again, share some of those same values than me. But the problem is it's an inconsistent method into getting to those values. I don't want people to have those values because they think Jesus was a good guy. I want them to have those values because being a good person is a worthy ends within itself. And that's just not something that Christianity in general seems to teach, even amongst the liberal Christians. How, how, do, how, do you, how do you know that moderate liberal Christians don't believe that it's just a good idea. I mean, some of them do. Don't get me wrong, but Spock's brain. I've had, my, I've had liberal just, Christian guests on this show. Thing. Listen, we're again. You, you want to talk? Okay. We're talking I, about I a think, population I, of people, Spock's brain, of over two billion people. Yeah, we're gonna find exceptions to the rule all over the place. But if we're playing a numbers game here, right? And we're if we're talking about the issues that matter here, yeah, I'm, the fundamentalist Christians have that loud voice, and they are dominating the political conversation. So that's going to be my primary concern: is opposing that voice. If the liberal Christians want to join me in that fight, that's great. But you know, uh, they're they're I don't know. They don't tend to call into this show. I'll tell you that. Anyway, Scott, well, go ahead. Yeah, I just I just want to I just want to make two points here. One is to to uh, to what Spock's brain was saying, and that yes, there are um, there have been. Uh, some 
liberal Christian groups, and there still are today. Uh, but I think an argument can be made that the impetus, the the motivation for liberalizing or softening or however you want to describe it, uh, changing of of the fundamental beliefs, I think is contact with people that are outside of the religion, contact with other human beings. We saw, um, you know, we see this kind of thing happening every every day as mo- as uh, minority groups become more visible. They uh, people realize that they have friends that are atheists that they that they already respect and and care about and and trust and know. And so I think that yeah. um, we could argue that it's that it's exactly what you're doing. It, it's it's those bridges that I think are are helping. Um, some of the more severe Christian groups. Second point uh, to what Dan was saying. Um, yes, there are, and boy, it's slipping. It's slipping out of my brain. Uh, yes, uh, it is the more um, the more uh, fundamentalist groups that are the reason that we have shows like this, right? We don't want to be. Uh, we don't want to have religion legislated to us. We don't want to. You know, I'm not worried about breaking the Ten Commandments and stuff like this. But I think that, on, on the same token, that uh, one of our best tools, I think, for uh, for interacting with those, you know, how can we get, how can we make those, be- those groups better is by interacting and, in, you know, showing, oh yeah, you, I, you've I'm known me your whole life and, and you've never thought I was immoral before. You know, what's, what's, what's the I, difference not, now? Can, can, can I stop you for a second? Yep. I'm not yep, suggesting that every atheist should go to church, but I had a wonderful experience as a 30 year atheist going back to my home church. I found people who didn't believe in, uh, you know, a global flood, who were open to biblical scholarship, who who understood. I, I had a wonderful experience back there, and I think maybe some skeptics and and uh, other doubters might want to make a few more connections with the moderate Christians because I don't think many of them know any of them. Mm-hmm. And that might be the case, right? That might be the case. I, I can certainly tell you as someone who grew up in the middle of Texas, right? And not Austin, Texas, Waco, <laughs> Texas, okay? I didn't know a lot of moderate liberal Christians, right? They were pretty few and far in between in my radius. So the yeah. fact that I learned more about that existence and learned more about things like liberation theology, learning about theopoetics, holy shit, you want to talk about liberal Christianity, there's some liberal Christianity for you. There's a lot of interesting oh, theological yeah. grounds that you could make a case for in terms of Jesus's own personal theology and interpretation of you know spirituality, right? I I I could think you could make a, a good case that Jesus could have some some liberal tendencies to him. I I and I'm being completely serious when I say that. But the te- the text is what's made up of the interpreter, right? At the end of the day, it's the interpreter that's going to have that control. And look, if you have that experience, that's great, that's wonderful. I also for every you know person that has your experience where they go back to church and they meet some great people, I have. Have callers every week that tell me that they've been traumatized by the church groups that they have been to and have grown up by. And you know what? I don't think they have to give anybody a second chance. If anything, well, uh, the it, church it, owes them an apology, Texas. right? The, the church owes them. I want the church to 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 do some reparations for the work that's done there. I don't feel like I need to do some some defense work for the churches and say, well, actually, some of them are all right, right? Like the power differential there is just is is too great to ignore, um, in my opinion. So. Well, I've had an opportunity to to uh, speak at a church once, and and uh, I had a very positive experience. Uh, I didn't. It was uh, they were having this uh, science and faith kind of series, and so they would invite somebody to come in and talk about the science, and then they'd have somebody else talk about the faith. And so I went in and I talked about the Big Bang, and and um, 
Um, to Dan's point, I didn't have to, they didn't ask me, they knew I was an atheist going in, um, and they didn't ask me to uh, pull any punches or anything like that. You know, I could, I had the opportunity to say however I wanted, and, and you know, I presented my, my information. Um, you don't have to, uh, you know, working, talking to somebody doesn't mean you have to, uh, it, it's not a tacit uh, agreement to follow their beliefs or to endorse their beliefs or to even acknowledge their beliefs. I mean, there are things that we have in yeah. common, and I, I think that um, uh, positive steps can be made uh, by focusing uh, on those on those commonalities. Uh, you know, not to say that I disagree entirely with what Dan was saying too. There are, there are people that have had very negative experiences, and it's gonna it's gonna come down to the individual people involved and their attitudes towards others. Um, when you were, uh, I would ask that of you, Spock's brain, when you were working with uh, when you were going to that church. Um, and you said that they that they knew that you were an atheist. Was that right? And and then so how did they how did they treat you? Were you treated as somebody uh-huh. that was to be converted? Were you treated as you know the spawn of Satan or an enemy? Or were I, you treated I, as just you know just here's a human being? Let's talk to this human being. That's, that's kind of my point. I didn't shout out loud. I don't believe in God, but I made okay. a few points. I put a few feelers out, and I found them open to biblical scholarship and. They weren't anti-intellectual. They weren't anti-science. So, I mean, I've only been there three weeks now, so <laughs> give, me, give, give me a break. But this is, a, this is a, I don't know how much you know about the Disciples of Christ Church. Mm-hmm. I'm aware. Ever heard of that? I, I dated a girl from Disciples of Christ. Uh, you know, no comment on that. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sure you got laid. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, the Disciples of Christ is a very, it's a very vanilla progressive, modern church, Um, and I was happy to find that that was still the case when I went back there. I grew up in that church from the time I was 5 to 16, Uh, spent a lot of years in that church, and we had a a fundamentalist, charismatic split in the church, and sadly, I was on the wrong side of that fight. I was uh, was speaking in tongues and, uh, you know, crap, crap like that, and I went to TCU and became a religion major and quickly became an atheist. So that's my story. So I, I'm. I just. I think. I think that. Again, I got a lot of blowback this week for defending progressive and moderate Christians as having the same values as many skeptics, humanists, and atheists do. Just because they're Christian, you know, go meet them. Go. Go talk to them. Go. Go listen to them. I. I hear what you're saying, and I. And I. I get that sense of frustration too, right? Where I do think people, especially in the atheist community, paint way too broad of a brush. Of Christianity um, that doesn't capture uh, the individual experience too well, uh, and maybe is more reflective of their own personal experience rather than Christianity as a whole. Um, but you know, like I'm, I'm done with doing defense for the Christians. If anything, they should be doing defense for me. Is is how I feel about it, which is a very cynical take. But look, there's there's one atheist community of Austin. Uh, how many churches are here in Austin? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't have to worry about going to find Christian community wherever I go in the United States. It's still a struggle for non-believers to even meet up with people, like-minded folks, let alone have to worry about finding a church where they may or may not accept them for who they are, right? Like that's a danger uh, for a lot of people. It's 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 not as accessible uh, for some folks as it is for others. So um, it is a complicated I just, subject there. You make you make a great point. I just want to make it clear to some vehement atheists: not a Christian is the enemy. You cut out there for just a second. What did you say? 
I, I said not every Christian is the enemy. There are some. There are plenty of Christians who believe many of the same things that we skeptics, humanist, atheists believe and work for. So I hope so. Don't convince every man, every theist to the. Uh, the uh, cross-off category. I, I mean, I certainly don't. I certainly know Christians. I mean, not Christians. I certainly know atheists who do, and I, I agree with you. I think that's wrong. Um, but it's kind of like, like how far, how far should we cast that those open arms to the Christian community? Uh, I don't know. I think that's going to be a personal question that only only individual people can answer. I don't know if there's ever going to be something that we could all come to agreement that's, with. But that's, that's a that's a great question because yeah, we gotta we gotta move on with the show here. I, I am going to let you go here. I, I do appreciate you calling in, and I think it's a great topic. I really do. And I'm glad you brought it up because I agree. I, I do share your frustrations. If mm-hmm. I have made that clear, like I, I think people are way too ignorant, quite frankly, on some of the stuff that they say. Um, yeah. Doesn't mean they're not completely off base, though. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that call, Scott? Uh, no, no. I, I, I like the call. I, like I said, I, I, I do think that um, communication is important. I, I, I you know, I, I'm feeling kind of dirty. Am I like the religion defense committee here or something? And, and, and that's not that wasn't my intention. Um, yeah, clear. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm on an atheist show. I'm on the nonprofits, you know, and yeah. so, um, you know, so there are things that uh, there's uh, I, 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 I have an urge to say hate the belief and I love and love the believer if it, if that wasn't just so cheesy to say but but in a, in a way I can I can kind of see along those lines I mean I think we need to give people a break I think we need to give them a fair shake um and I I I, I resist the temptation to make assumptions based off of uh, a handful of pieces of information that I know about a person um I will I will vehemently argue uh, against irrational belief. I'm, it, I'm not even necessarily against religion belief. I'm against irrational belief. It just so happens that religion have to fall into that category. Uh, I'll vehemently argue against uh, irrational belief uh, while trying to sympathize with somebody who is irrationally believing. Yeah, well said. Well said. Scott, we have to play a quick video. Sure. We're going to show you guys uh, a special way that you can support the ACA, an opportunity that is not going to be around forever. So we're going to play that video for you and show you how you can support the ACA right now. Have you ever wanted to make a permanent impact on the atheist community of Austin? Help support our space for free thought by buying a custom engraved brick to be laid on the building grounds to help raise funds for improvements. Our building has stood as a beacon for years, bringing people together. But three years of emptiness due to the pandemic have taken a toll, leaving it in disrepair. Help us restore this hub of connection and support by buying a brick. Moses had his stone tablets, but we're doing our own version. Join our brick fundraiser and let your engraved messages stand the test of time, minus commandments. Visit tiny.cc forward slash ACA bricks for more information. There we go. Uh, Yeah, and we uh, have another call that we're going to get to in just a second that actually segues into the other call very nicely. So I want to get to that in just a second. But there were a couple announcements that I skipped because I was going all over the script earlier. And I want to make sure I read everything that I have on here um, for the sake of the ACA. Uh, So if you are going to be in the Austin area on August 27th, 2023, we are going to be doing a broadcast live. Actually, it's September, so this date is wrong. (laughs) Um, so that's not great. We need that part of the script updated. Okay. Don't feel too bad about 
skipping that part of it. But if you want to hear our shows in audio formats, hey, there's a way you can do that. It's at tiny.cc slash AEN podcast. Guys, you know me. I always say this. I just like to listen to stuff. I listen to podcasts and stuff while I'm working. And that's just my go to. So if you hate my face and you don't want to look at it, well, you can listen to my face instead by checking out the links to the podcast there. Um, one last thing, if you want to contact the show, uh, you can do that in a couple of different ways. One is through truth at atheist-community.org, or you can reach out to the ACA at tv at atheist-community.org and see what's going on on our website at guess what? atheist-community.org. I said that was the last thing, but I was lying. This is the last thing, which is the Facebook group. We have a Facebook group run by fans for fans, and it's at tiny.cc slash FBTWG. You can interact with other fans on that. So check it out. Okay, so we're we are at the very end of the show, but um this call is like in direct response to our previous caller. So I I, I thought it'd be interesting if we could have this take as well. So we're gonna take you really quickly, cross examiner. Oh, cross examiner by the way, um, gave a super chat earlier that I need to read. Cross examiner who donated six dollars and sixty-eight cents. I don't know if that's a tax thing or what, but you missed the six 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 number and said, "Great show, keep up the great work." And thank you so much for giving the super chat for that. Thank you, thank you. No, six six eight is the neighbor of the beast, so I didn't want to be ah uh, right, right yeah. on the yeah. same side of the street. I see yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Cross examiner, what do you got for us? Well, uh, thanks for taking the call. I did want to respond to the previous caller. I appreciate his points, and I think he made them fairly well. But I found some problems there, and I just wanted to bring them up. First, it was a bit of a straw man. Uh, he acted like everybody in the atheist community is demonizing all Christians all the time. And that's just not my experience. I know that my experience is mine and his is his. But um, on a whole, when you go and you read the literature, um, it's definitely on the side of the Christians are the ones who tend to be the ones that get into the uh, negative situations much more. And I'm talking about violence at protests and uh, terroristic threats and all of those sorts of things. Not the liberal ones, of course, but you don't see atheists um, typically uh, doing what he is saying that is happening. Granted, it does happen, but I just wanted to push that back on that point. The next point is, and, and the more important points are, uh, liberal Christians don't have to be Christians. You can be liberal and not be a Christian. They're making a choice to be a Christian, and doing so gives cover to the vast majority of Christians in this country that are driving this country towards Christian nationalism. So when they check off surveys, when they stand up and say they're a, uh, a Christian, when they attend church— they give cover to the more conservatives, and they don't have to. They're making a choice to um, participate in something that they don't have sufficient evidence for. And, and my third point is they also raise their children to believe this stuff in a liberal way. But they're still, if they're calling themselves Christian, they are teaching their children to believe something, some element, the resurrection of Christ, God, based on insufficient evidence. And all of those things are still things we can criticize liberal Christians for. I still want to reach out, shake their hands and work with them, but we have to, we, we can't just say, oh, well, I went to church and had a great time. Well, they could have come to you, but they didn't. They made you come to them because they want you in their church. So that's, those are the highlights. Scott, what do you think? I think that's an excellent point, cross-examiner, and I am, I'm glad you brought it up. We, I think that uh, liberal, the biggest problem with liberal religion is that it does give shelter to uh, to extreme religion. If you if you uh, 
yes, it's awesome that uh, that your this group is pro-choice and they're in favor of women's rights and they're you know et cetera et cetera. Um, but they, like you said, they still have irrational beliefs, and then and that's the problem because if if what you're saying there is that having irrational beliefs is okay, and so then once you've crossed that line, once you've you know opened that box, then you know you've opened the door for. Uh, it does. It gives. It gives shelter, and we talk about this all the time on on the nonprofits about how you know we we need to we need to stay uh, we need to stay engaged with the with the material with the content that's coming out of these groups. That you know, if if you're going to uh, you know if you're going to indulge. Uh, irrational beliefs in your in your group, then not only does it make it okay for the next group, but it also kind of uh, undercuts any attempts that you might have to criticize or that they might have to criticize. You know, have a liberal group criticizing uh, a more extreme group. You know, they they kind of lose their teeth if they're if they're um, if they're going down that road. So I I agree with you completely. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's again, it's a difficult topic because has the atheist community been absolutely toxic about some of this stuff? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I've been publicly broadcasting my face for about like five years now. And yeah, I've seen it. Uh, it's definitely been awful. I think sometimes definitely overgeneralized, definitely don't take things super charitably. Uh, and it sucks to see it. Uh, I don't think it's what I want to be represented as. Uh, and that's why I'm here because I want to represent myself, I guess. Uh, I, I want to be able to show what I think about this stuff. But but on the flip side of this, right, I think you bring up some good points here, which is that, look, um, push comes to shove, right? If we think that you believe in something irrational, you believe in something irrational. And if you believe in something irrational, you might come to irrational conclusions. And some of those conclusions are going to end up harming people, right? That's not to say that there's atheists who aren't on their high horse and think all their conclusions are rational and so smart and that they can't be questioned. I, again, I see that all the time. Um, but at least there's typically a, a culture of conversation there, right? Like Christianity, again, we can talk about all the different sects. We can talk about which group does this and which group does that, but doesn't quite have the best track record for open discussion and dialogue. And maybe this is my interpretation and this is your interpretation of it, right? Like it, there's been very strict hierarchies of interpretation and, and strict hierarchies of how people should act within the social boundaries of an organization like a church. And the church organization itself can be super harmful, can be super destructive for the people inside it, as well as have pro-social benefits. So yeah, it doesn't have great things to it. Does it make you feel good when you talk to people who want to do good for the world because they believe in something bigger than themselves? Yeah, I'm not going to deny that. But uh, that does come at a cost. And that's going to come at the cost of not being able to fully admit and come clear, come to clear terms with that the values you hold can absolutely can be held without a God belief. Um, and as soon as you let that go, the, the more options are going to be open to you to do even more good. If anything, if I became a Christian tomorrow, and one of the reasons why I'm not a Christian today is because I think being a Christian would actually hold me back from being the best person I can be. Um, so, you know, that's just my thoughts on that. But cross-examiner, we are at the end of today's program. I'll give you the last word here on this call, and then we'll ramp it up. What do you think? I thank you. You guys do a great job. I agree with everything you said. I think the the thrust of it is... Uh, yes, obviously, people are people, and um, everybody can be related to on an open basis without hostility and all of that. But I guess my final point about it would be the hashtag not all Christian sentimentality doesn't get us anywhere 
when we ask, okay, where does the rubber hit the road? Yes, I agree. Not all Christians are like that, but a lot of them are. So that's that's why we do what we do. Yeah, yeah. I, the ACA, I, trust me, I would not be doing this show if there were just liberal Christians in the world. Okay, I really, I, I probably wouldn't care enough, to be honest with you. Um, but we don't live in that world. We live in a world that has other kinds of Christians and, and not just Christians too. Obviously, this show covers more than just Christianity, but that is like, you know, kind of a big topic that comes up on here. Uh, and the other shows mm -hmm. that the ACA does. So uh, Cross Examiner, thanks so much for calling in. And uh, thank you again for that super chat. Um, really awesome to get to talk to you today. Uh, and uh, yeah, great conversations overall. And I, I, again, I want to appreciate the other caller for calling in to bring up the topic because it's one that I don't think it's talked enough about, uh, to be fair. So yeah, well done on that. Scott, Could I just throw in one more? Could I just make you a liar here, uh, uh, Dan, to... Uh, slip in something after uh, cross examiner's Just last word. I, I think what it's the post scene credits. This is a Marvel exactly right. Marvel's uh, extra free of right charge, no additional charge here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I but I think what we're looking at is uh, the difference between the content of a disagreement and possibly a, a method for remedying that disagreement. I mean, mm. regardless of, of, of what we think, we can't argue with the uh, the success that the of, of normalization, the, the the success rate that that has. We said we've seen it happen in the LGBTQ community. Um, obviously, there's still a long way to go in that regard. But, you know, 20 years ago, things were very different than they were now. And it's because now people are realizing, I know people in this community, I've interacted with people in this community. And I think we're seeing the, the, the same thing happening with the atheist community. As people begin to know, as people get to know atheists and people that believe uh, that have different beliefs, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to ease that, that transition as our society matures from a religious society to a post-religious society. And so, yep. um, so I, you know, if we're, if we're, we can talk about the differences and the distinctions and, and where we should draw the line and that kind of thing. But if we're, if we're looking for a solution to that, if we're looking to remedy that, then, you know, we have to go, we have to look at things that have a, a successful track record. Yeah. Uh, you know, is, am I, is it great when a church supports the LGBT community? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Am I going to donate to that church? Fuck no. Uh, I'm not going to donate for the basic level of human decency that you should be giving anyway, right? I I, I don't know if you should be getting extra praise for that. Right, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like that, I I you should be doing that regardless. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I I guess that's another way to put. Uh, Hooray! You're not an asshole, kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or less of one, I should say. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Okay, Scott, we are going to be doing the after show today. So if you're watching live on yep. the broadcast, we are going to the fan run Discord show. So don't run away just yet. We are going to be taking some questions on there. Um, it's not recorded, so you can ask your questions freely and openly um, and uh, come hang out with us for a little bit as we uh, chill out for the rest of the night. Scott, I'm really glad you got to be back for me too. Me too. Yeah. 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 So Scott, once again, where can people find you at if they want to see more of you? Uh, these days you can find me uh, on the nonprofits. I, I kind of messed up last month. I was going to wait till after the bat cruise to sign up for my September dates. And so by the time I got there, they were all taken. So starting in October again, I'll be back on the nonprofits every once in a while. So that's mostly where you can find me. Sweet, sweet. And we have to thank the wonderful, fantastic, amazing, stupendous crew that helped make this show happen uh, because they are awesome and they are really cool. And we'll switch to that crew cam in just a second. Maybe there we go. Look at all those crew, crews and cats. 
cruising <laughs> cats and cruising cats Ooh, and a bunny yeah. and a bunny too oh yeah that's a bunny i thought that was a cat for a second the crew there. Was up um, there. there was a cat and a bunny these i'm wearing my thick glasses today and apparently <laughs> they aren't helping so um, i got your back dan i got thank, your back thank you scott and and we need to give a shout out because scott had a great idea to say hey we need to give a shout out to our backup host because ever since uh, a few months ago or however long it was uh, i dropped out in the middle of a show we've had a backup host uh, just in case <laughs> in suspended so animation right he's in hypersleep right now we got there he infidel, is infidel 64's <laughs> our backup host today who, who's hanging out in the background just in case uh things go awry and you know we're, we're shouting them out today so infidel 64 thanks definitely for, definitely thanks for being there for us um okay scott we are at the end of the show so right, again it. reiterating what's your favorite random fact comment below and we'll pick the top three answers next week. But God, what I really want to know is words of wisdom. You have any words of wisdom for us? Boy, words of wisdom. Words I am a dad, so I'm, I'm obligated to come up You're with something. Obligated. Here, here, I'll tell you something. I tell all of my classes. Yeah. The difference between people that are really smart and people that are less smart is not that the smart people never make mistakes. It's that the smart people learn from their mistakes. There's Ooh. my words of wisdom. Ooh, what great words of wisdom. Thank you for that wisdom, oh, Scott. And thank you to everybody who watched or called or commented or participated in some way in Truth Wanted today. Uh, you guys are awesome. Remember to always keep wanting the truth. And I'll see you next time. Watch The Nonprofits and join the hosts in the live chat. Visit tiny.cc slash YTNP.